Hi everyone, it's Jamie. I just want to share with you that my new book, Toxic Relationship Recovery, is available now. This book is for anyone who is healing after a harmful relationship, but it's also for people that are looking to identify toxic traits, toxic behaviors, and toxic strategies that get used upon people every single day. The second half of the book teaches you strategies to heal your inner voice and find your authentic self after experiencing this type of harm. I'm looking forward to you all reading it and hearing your feedback from it. It's available today. Find Toxic Relationship Recovery wherever you buy books. This is Unlearned, a self-rising production. I'm Jamie. And I'm CA. And we are your hosts. This is a podcast all about deconstructing who we are, and exploring who we are becoming. All I really gotta do is live and die, but I'm in a hurry and don't know why. Do you guys know that song? Literally no idea what you're singing. (laughs) It's from Alabama. I think they were like a country star thing from like the 80s, I think. Um, My dad was obsessed with them, so. Oh my gosh. No, I don't know that. It's in my head. It's fine. How? Where did that come from? Like how, where did that come from in your brain? Like, Because it's in my brain. It's been in my brain since I like rediscovered them. And now my brain thinks it's so fun to like listen to the song I was obsessed with. I was obsessed with these songs when I was like seven. That's adorable. I I love that. Um, All right. So, hey there. What's up, everybody? Hey there. You're an all-star. Get your game on. Go play. Um, Speaking of, yeah, what is happening right now? (laughs) We are unlearned. Welcome to our podcast. If if this is your first episode you're ever listening to, like, way to be chaotic. Way to be chaotic and just pick the most recent episode instead of going back to the beginning. It is not chaotic. I can understand why people do that. And also- I guess that's true. It's about a pop culture. Hello. This is- Oh, that's true. Yeah. So welcome to our podcast. This is Unlearned and I'm CA and here with Jamie and we are going to talk about, yeah, we're going to talk about something kind of topical right now. We don't always do that, but because it like really overlaps with the like type of content we make, we were like, let's do it. Let's go there. Let's do this. So we, I know it's probably by the time this comes out, we'll be like a couple weeks after this hit the mass media circuits, but we are talking today about some of the conversation that's stemming from the Jonah Hill situation with him and his ex. And one of the things that came from that dialogue, if anyone's been following it, we're going to kind of introduce you to the dialogue, but if it's new to you, but what the conversations that came from that dialogue were a lot of questions around what boundaries are and what standards are and what rules are in relationships. And all of these are real good conversations to have, especially because this podcast is about unlearning and recovering and understanding who you are and how you relate to the world. So when we talk about recovering past habits, a lot of people might read Jonah Hill's text and be like, that sounds kind of like, okay, right? Like, isn't that okay? Like, don't we get taught to do 
boundaries and we get taught how to like articulate our needs and aspirations. And I've heard you say that, Jamie, on the podcast. You told me to identify my needs and my desires and my aspirations and the things I'm longing for. And you guys are right. CAA and I both have been talking about that for a long time. And it is so easy to get warped and twisted and misconstrued that this is why we were like, this is warranting a full episode, mainly because the layers of boundary work, I mean, we've done some episodes on boundaries, but the layers here are almost infinite and we can kind of slowly peel back a few in this episode. And that's what we're aiming to do. Okay. So let's, let's talk about the background. So Jonah Hill is an actor. He was dating a surfer named Sarah Brady and Sarah posted a screenshot of an old text message. Let me put that into context. It was from 2021. So please keep that in mind. This was a few years ago which, you know, I'm not going to go into like why it got unearthed two years later, but what I think is the main focus of where a lot of the discussion came from were the texts that Jonah had sent Sarah. Okay. So we'll go through the text, but let me give you a little bit more. So Sarah is a surfer. She is a professional surfer, which means she has to be in like surfing attire. Yes, there's bodysuits, there's swimsuits that are surfing attire, and Jonah's an actor. So he basically texts her what he was claiming were boundaries, okay? And he said, if you need surfing with men, boundaryless, inappropriate friendships with men to model to post pictures of yourself in a bathing suit, to post sexual pictures, friendships with women who are in unstable places, and from your wild recent past beyond getting a lunch or coffee or something respectful. If you need those things, to bring it back to the original prompt, I am not the right partner for you. If these things bring you to a place of happiness, I support it and there will be no hard feelings. These are my boundaries for romantic partnership. Okay. So this is why we're going to go through those, okay? But this is why we are not saying in this conversation that you are not allowed to identify your personal standards. You are allowed to do that. If anything, you've heard us encourage you, please ask yourself, what are your limitations of things you're going to tolerate in a relationship? And the reason why Jonah, I think, is getting put on blast is because he he used the wrong word, yet he was very honest with where his limitations and where his almost tolerance level for things are in this relationship. And why this is actually a good thing. People are going to be like, Jonah, Mike, why did you say this? Why I would actually position this as a good thing is because if more people, if more people did what he did and they actually outlined, hey, these are the limitations that I have as an expectation of you. I'm going to see you as like you're limited to be doing this many things when we are in a partnership. If someone works through that and says, that's what I accept or do not accept, 
let's break this down because if you can actually understand those things in the beginning of a relationship, now Sarah can look at that list and say, this doesn't fit me. It will never fit me. And I will choose either to fit myself to this or I will choose what is right for me. Okay, this is why, if anything, I would frame the Jonah Hill situation as an actual very good thing for people to be able to articulate in their relationships. Yes, many people don't want to hear what Sarah heard. And the sad part about this, and see, I, I, I mean, we've talked about this before. The sad part about this is nobody wants to hear the quiet part out loud. Nobody wants to hear the quiet part out loud. So many of our listeners probably have relationships, maybe their friendships, maybe their parent relationships, partnerships, whatever, that those other people in your life refuse to say the quiet part out loud. So they actually do the same thing Jonah's done to Sarah, but refuse to confirm that expectation of you. Yet you know You know that if you step out of line with your mom, she's going to emotionally bully you. You know that. And so if she said out loud, I will never approve of you coloring your hair, she's just solidifying it. But you know that already. She already has that in her brain because she's told you every time you've colored your hair that you're an idiot. She's already told you these things. This is why I like to take it outside of the intimate partnerships because we get so focused on it. And I go, people do these things to each other every day, but they refuse to define it. And then you're left doing the guessing game. So where do you want to start, CA? Well, one of the things I want to think about here is like, yeah, of course we are huge proponents of identifying you know, your wants, your needs and communicating those effectively to the people in your life, whether it's a romantic partnership or a friendship or a family member. Yeah, that's hugely important. One of the things I kind of want to maybe parse through and try to figure out what's going on here. And this isn't even about Jonah. Like, this is the thing I really actually want to say. This is literally not about him and this like one situation. This is because as we've said, like, these dynamics are occurring all day, every day, in a wide variety of relationships all across the globe. We're just, Jonah is the unfortunate vehicle of the topic. (laughs) He just happens to be the one that we're talking about because he, you know, did this in bullet point form via text. There's a paper trail. So I want to talk about like, in the way that he communicated what he communicated. Yes, he used the wrong word. What he's describing is not boundaries, what he's describing is his personal standards for the type of person that he is willing to date. Regardless of the the semantics there, say somebody did use the the correct terminology. And from the get-go, they go, okay, here's my standards. This is what I'm willing to, this is what I want in a relationship. What I want to ask you, I'm just curious what you like your thought or opinion is on the way that it was sort of presented is, does this come off to you as him like 
putting the burden of the decision about whether or not this relationship is going to work out on her rather than on himself. Cause it's like, he's sitting there going like, this is what I'm willing to, to accept from you as my partner or not accept from you as my partner. And he was like, and if you need those things, then I'm not the right partner for you. Does that come off as, I don't want to just straight up break up with you based on what I know about you. I'm going to make you be the one to like do that hard work, like the the burden of breaking up essentially. Like, because I look at this list and I go, okay. I mean, some of the things on there we could argue are somewhat reasonable. Some of them clearly are not, or, or at least some of them are. When I say reasonable, what I mean is like when it comes to like the swimsuit stuff. Why would you even consider dating a professional surfer if one of your standards is that you're not comfortable seeing them in it post pictures of themselves in a bikini right. online when you like you already know that about this person so why are you making it her job to like either change for you or say I guess then let's break up because this is something I need to do date like because of my profession. I guess that's what I'd like to hear your thoughts on. Like, is he putting the burden on her? Should he have just known from the start, this person's not the right match for me? Because if this is, if I can write down what my standards are and like literally already know that some of these are impossible for her to conform to, like maybe I should just walk away. Yeah. I mean, I don't know if he's placing it. I think that follow-up that people that people aren't paying attention to right where he goes, if these things bring you to a place of happiness, I support it and there will be no hard feelings. Okay. Okay. So what he's trying to say is I already did the work and I know what is going to set me off and what's not going to set me off. And I'm telling you, these things are going to set me off. And so if you want to keep doing those things, do them, but they're not going to be a good fit for me. Okay. And when he says there's no hard feelings, that's my hope that he was being real. And he was saying no legit, like there aren't any hard feelings. And so this is where I think when we go all or nothing, we can position Jonah as this like really, really messed up partner. And, you know, Sarah did go on record and say there was some emotional abuse and I'm not, believe me, I can't, this is why I try to stay out of a lot of the like celebrity stories because we really don't have all of the answers and that's not me not believing Sarah and it's not me trying to side with you but it is like I know we never get the full story so like I'm coming from a place of what's been clearly articulated and when you ask me the way he articulated it if I look at that do I agree with the boundary like the I don't really agree with any of those bound or I'm sorry standards see I'm doing it I don't really agree with any of the standards. The only one I could maybe get on board with is some of relationships being boundaryless. One of the things he said, boundaryless, and he says inappropriate, but my brain goes, what's the difference? What does that mean? Yeah. Mm -hmm. So that's actually where, when we talk about the nuances and some of the problematic things, the reason why, if I'm talking to our listeners right now and people are like, well, if I read the text message, I mean, we'll try to link it so you guys can see what we're talking about. But if you're... If you're reading the text message and you're like, well, I mean, 
to be fair, I don't agree with those standards, but like, I can see why someone would just write them down and be like, you either want to be with a partner that's with that, that's doing this or not. Right. Um, and so when we're really trying to break it down, what I think is interesting is when someone's creating, like, if I'm talking to you guys right now, the listeners, if you're trying to create standards, which I've actually told you, create them, please, please create them. Please spend time with yourself and say, will I be okay? And I don't even mean marriage folks. If you are starting to date someone in a very serious way that you really are actually trying to commit to, you need to ask yourself really hard questions. Like, who are they attracted to? Are Is your partner bisexual? Is your partner straight? Is your partner some variation of queer or anything that would be you need to consider them. And then let's say they are straight. Okay. Now my question would be, okay, so your partner is attracted to only the gender they're dating, your gender, the one that you are right now. Okay. They're only attracted to you. So in this scenario, let's just for the sake of, you know, the visual, there's a dude that's dating a woman. Okay. So the woman You need to ask yourself, are you okay with your new partner having close friendships with women? Ask yourself that. And this is why some people, and I don't want to like throw everyone in the box, but there are some folks out there that will say, I will never date anyone who's bisexual because they will tell you that they think every relationship that they have is a threat because they're attracted to both genders. So your partner can't have a close friend that's a girl if she's a woman or another, I'm sorry, a woman that's another woman, right? They can't do that because that woman could be the woman that breaks apart the relationship, right? Or same thing with like, if it's not bi and it's sexual or it's uh, just straight, well, now you have to ask yourself, let's go on the guy's perspective. You're dating a new woman, you're dating a new partner that happens to be a woman that's only attracted to men, are you okay with her having friendships, close friendships, not, oh, hey there, hi there at work, passing them on coffee, you know, the coffee station. It is, is this partner going to be in your expectations? I don't like to use the word aloud, but going to be, I guess, Is that accessible to them in this relationship? Is that type of relationship going to be possible with another person, like a close friendship that's the gender that they're attracted to? Right off the bat, I would say, ask the question. Ask that question because when you don't have it defined, they're not gonna know what you're asking, right? If you're like, well, you know, I just wanna lay out my standards. Um, I've been through the ringer. I've been through a lot of rough relationships. And let's say I'm a, I'm the woman and I'm talking to my new partner that's a dude. And I go, I, I, I just don't know what else to tell you. Like, you're not going to be able to be close friends with any women. Do you think I'm going to get smeared on social media? Yes, because it looks super messed up. And if I'm being honest with myself, it's better that that's said out loud. It's better that it's said out loud than the person finding out the hard way, right? They go and they do a project with one of their partners or whatever. And they're like, wait, you didn't tell me that that person was a dude. I didn't know that person was a dude. I didn't know it was relevant. Of course it's going to be relevant. 
You're attracted to men, aren't you? Why would you do that project with a guy? Like, why are you hanging out with them, right? Do you hear right off the bat? They're finding out the hard way. So this is what we're talking about. Me and CA are trying to get you to understand. You don't want to be finding those things out the hard way. You want to find those things out before you're in the relationship or if you're in the relationship already and you know at the heart of your hearts, I'm not okay with this happening. You need to speak that out into the open, whether or not it's going to make you look bad. You need to be honest with yourself and you need to be honest with your partner. Hmm. Well, I think a lot of the reason why people are apprehensive to take themselves to that level of honesty is because with that level of honesty comes an answer. And then with that answer comes an action step. And that action step might conclude to like that person coming back and being like, well, having close friendships with other people, regardless of their gender, is so extremely important to me as my like autonomous self. Like I really love connecting with people on a variety of topics and in a variety of ways. And I literally cannot look at you and tell you that I will never have a close friendship with somebody that's the umbrella gender that I'm attracted to. So I guess that means we're not compatible. Like this, if if that's, if that's, if that's a standard you are unwilling to bend on, and it's something I am unwilling to bend on, then we're incompatible. And then all of a sudden, now there's the fallout and people just don't want to say these things out loud because they don't want to break up. They don't want to deal with that level of honesty. Well, because, okay, I love what you said about compatibility because when people talk about compatibility, they're typically talking about, oh, do we like the same things? Do we, oh, do we both like dogs? Do we both like culture? Do we like to do music? Do we like to eat the same food? And I go, listen, yeah, those are nice things to have in common. Yet, if at the heart of your relationships, your expectations or your standards for each other aren't articulated and then aren't defined, you're waiting for implosions. You're waiting for problems. You're waiting to figure it out along the way, right? This is how you get the people that go, I mean, we were dating for two years. I thought the entire time you said, I I literally thought we had a conversation that you wanted to have kids. No, Jamie, I never wanted to have kids and we never had that conversation. And that's not a lie. It's not gaslighting. You guys never did have that conversation. Now you're two years in, you were sitting there thinking the whole time, eventually we're going to have kids together. And the other person on the other side is like, nope, I'm child free all the way, baby. Guess what? You guys have to have a serious conversation about that then. And that's what we mean by compatibility. It's not, he likes pizza. I like chicken. It's, literally talk about core components. So people go, okay, so CA, let's talk about it right now. What would be core components? Let's give them a few. What are some core components that we could say at the end of the day? Actually, we could even take Jonah Hill's as an outline, okay? Sure. Right off the bat, if we're talking about some core concepts that we could break down as standards, if I go through his text, I'm going to give you themes. What you can and can't do with the gender you're attracted to. And do, notice what I'm saying. You're not attracted to that person. It's, it's not just, an individual person. It's, it's just not an individual massive person, right? category. What right. do I get to do? Do I get to be on a bowling team with men if I'm attracted to men? 
Do I get to be, what, what is, what are the parameters there? Right. So one of the things, one of his bullet points was surfing with men, doing her job with the gender that she's attracted to. So right there, if we go from what do we want to ask ourselves? I don't care who you are and where you fall on this spectrum. If you are like, you know what? I'm in a place where I wouldn't want my partner to do anything with the gender that they're attracted to. Not the person, but the specific gender. Okay. So I hope you guys are following on my, that would be a standard we would want to talk about. Okay. Then we have friendships with the gender. Okay. (sighs) This is another one. Theme. Do you have an inherent problem with their profession or their hobby? Do you have an inherent either irritability frustration, resentment, bitterness to what they literally do every day. Okay. So a hobby would be, okay, you're, you're getting like cuffed. You're getting like dating, right? You're doing like a serious thing with a drummer, but you fucking hate the sound of a drum. And I go, girl, you gotta be not even just girl. It could be a guy, but anyone, anybody, Anyone on the spectrum. Literally, if you hate the sound of a drum and you sign a lease with a drummer, what are we doing? (laughs) What What are are we we doing? doing? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so to me, people go, okay, so how do we actually reverse engineer this? I go, yo, this is about you getting really honest with yourself because That, if we can give Jonah any cred here, he is being so radically honest with himself that he's willing to put it on paper and say, you know what? These are the limitations of things I'm going to be okay with, right? So we have right off the bat, what are the, like, what are the things that someone could do with the gender they're attracted to? This gets very tricky when you're dating someone who's bi. So keep that in mind. Okay, then we have... What is their occupation, profession, or hobby interest? And do you loathe that lo- like that hobby? Do you loathe their profession? And do you actually have angst about it? Because if you do, this woman was a surfer. And one of the things part of her job was actually to model. Keep this in mind. She had a side. That's how they get brand her- deals and things like Thank that. Yeah, you. exactly. Sponsorships. A part of her profession was actually modeling. It wasn't just a little add-on. That was where she was going to probably bring in a lot of money. I'm a content creator. You bring in most of your money when you get big brand deals. So you would most likely have to come to terms with your dating someone who models and surfs with multiple, like different genders. And then we have... What are you trying, are you asking her, so so let's be honest, let's take Jonah out of this. If your answer is, I hate their profession and I hate their hobby, then you need to tell them that. You need to say, I hate that you drum. (laughs) I hate that you drum. I hate that you have a drum set in the house. So what it, so CA, what you just said. The reason why people don't want to do this standard work is because they don't want to face the other side of that conversation. Yep, exactly. 
Because what is that drummer going to do? Jamie, I've been a drummer for 10 years. I actually, one of the first things that came out of my mouth when I was on your, when we were on our first date was how much I have a passion for drumming, how much I love it and how much it's, it's part of my life. So when you tell me after you signed a lease with me that you hate what I do, how is that, how is that reasonable? It's just pure conflict. It's just pure setting up for pure conflict. So you have to ask yourself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Keep going. Keep going. Okay. So we have the profession, the hobby. Oh God, this is a deep one. What is your comfortability level with someone self-expressing themselves through their hair, through piercing, through tattoos, through their clothing, through their lack of clothing? Some people feel really good when they're walking around with a bikini top on. Some guys wear their shirt off all the time, right? So I'm trying to keep this as genderless as possible, but like it's kind of difficult. So let's say you're with a dude and you're uncomfortable with their, you don't want them to wear their shirt off when you're walking with them on the beach. Okay. But if you don't say that now, you're just angry every time you go to the beach and they don't know why. Right. So now let's go to the women in one of the things is posting pictures of yourself in a bathing suit. Okay. I know this is, I get it. None of this is lost on me because when I read them, yes, I do the cringe. I understand. It is. Yeah. Right, right. Right. Can I be, can I, can I, I'm not going to mince my words here. We need more people to do this. We, like I just said, Jonah is just one out of millions of people that have this exact same standard for other people that they're dating and they refuse to define it. So when he says flat out, I don't want you to post pictures of yourself in a bathing suit, guess what? There's going to be millions of men and maybe other women that will say, I don't want my partner to post themselves as in a picture of a bathing suit. And I go, okay, then that's a standard you have, which means you have to articulate that standard to your partner before they get deeper and deeper and deeper and deeper and deeper into this relationship. Okay. Then we have sexuality. This is the next bullet point is sexual pictures. Okay. First of all, this is where the standards are very tricky because if my partner said this to me, I'm absolutely willing to have a dialogue about this. I've been married for what? Almost 15 years. I don't people I don't think people know this. Me and CA, we've been married like 14 we're on our 14th year, you know. Yeah. We're we're not married to each other. <laughs> but we did get married the same year. The same okay. year. Yep. We got married the same year. Okay. So, I've been with my partner for a long time. If he literally sat me down, 14 years in the marriage and said, you know, on your personal Instagram, like you've been posting some pictures and I don't know, I'm feeling a certain kind of way about it. And I'm like, all right, let's dialogue. Let's fully talk about what's happening here, right? We need to talk about that because to be fair, there are certain things in relationships that we do need to almost like work it out together and be patient with each other while we're trying to figure out our wounds. So if my partner all of a sudden got super really insecure and was like, I don't know, I just feel like I'm I'm uncomfortable with someone seeing you in a bikini. Like, I don't like the idea that someone might be like looking good. Like it makes me really uncomfortable. And I could go, okay, then let's talk about this because I don't think I'm going to be showing everything, but I also don't, feel like it makes sense for me to like fully censor myself 
on my own social media, you know, my, my personal Instagram or something. Okay. So why this standards conversation can actually lead to deepening the relationship and see, I know that you could even speak to this, but like standard conversations can actually enrich your relationship. Well, sure. Yeah. That's where I was going to go next. I didn't know if we wanted to talk on any of the other categories or maybe we can circle back to it. I know, but it's hard because we could, but like the one I was talking about was sexuality, mm -hmm. like expression of sexuality, expressing of who you are, what you you guys define as sexual. Yep. And then you touched on it earlier. Like I think, you know, openness to kids is a big one. Like geography, believe it or not, is the big oh one. God, like where, location. like what, like what locations people are or are not willing to like move to or Ever live in. Move. Yep. I mean, that's, these are like these kind of like really big fundamental things. I'm sure we couldn't come up with an exhaustive list just off the top of our heads, but. Well, can I say something? Um, this is where so many people are going to push back. They're going to be like, um, I'm 20 years old. I don't know all that stuff. So we right. need to talk about some of the people that don't have it figured out yet. Sure. And it's like all tools. of these things, yeah. all of these things are subject to fluctuation over the course of a lifetime because that's how human existence works, right? Like the only constant is change, right? And so even if you've had this conversation with a partner, it, like if you think about if you're in a long-term relationship this is a conversation that needs to be revisited multiple times over the course of that relationship because you evolve, they evolve, society evolves, things change, you know? And so it's like, this is not just like a one and done conversation. There's like multiple times throughout your life to like make sure you're like having these check-ins with yourself and check-ins with your partners and even friendships and things like that. Because what I wanted to say where where we, where you were prompting and where we were going to go next is kind of like, Having this like honest dialogue, right? Like you you take these like inner assessments and you figure out where you're at and you go ahead and you lay it on the table and then you open it up to your partner to respond and, you know, kind of like figure out where they fit with this, you know, kind of standard that you've brought up or list of standards that you've brought up. And what it comes down to is what I had like alluded to earlier was this, like it, I I, I talked about the situation where the standard was, I am unwilling to bend on this. And then the other person going, and I am unwilling to bend on this. And then they have to break up. Well, what happens when there is a willingness to bend or some level of willingness or an openness to willingness to, to compromise on these things. Now we actually start getting into how this can be a productive part of your personal growth and your relational growth. Because I could come at you with a whole bunch of standards and then you could sit there and say, well, here's how I feel about this variety of things. Are you willing to maybe consider, you know, my perspective? Are you willing to consider a compromise here? Like what, is there a way to meet in the middle? Is there a way for you to spend some time with that particular thought? Like the thought you have behind me not being able to post a picture in a bikini, is that something you're willing to like consider and maybe reconsider because here's why I have to do it, et cetera, et cetera. And then they have a chance to like re-volley. And if again, if it comes down to absolutely not, I don't want to reconsider it. I don't care what you have to say about it. I'm uncomfortable with it. I am not willing to change that opinion. Then, okay, now y'all have your answer and that's a hard place to be because usually that just means then we're not compatible. 
But what if they do come back and they're like, I mean, I guess I never really thought about it from that angle. I still feel like super weird and triggered about it, but like I am willing to maybe like reconsider it and and figure out if there's a way for me to work through my uncomfortable feelings. And can we circle back to this conversation, you know, at a certain point in time or whatever. So that's, that's, yeah, I think what's hard about it is when we're talking about how standards could actually enrich, it's like defining your standards all it can do is give you more clarity. And that's where people get messed up. They're going, no, 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 I'd rather be in the dark. And they don't say it out loud, but they would. They'd rather be in the dark and they'd be like, okay, well, I'll just figure it out the hard way. And I go, figuring out the hard way is when you go out to dinner with a friend from high school that happens to be a dude that you guys were best friends and your partner literally loses it and says, you didn't tell me that it was a dude. So now what are you doing? You're trying to justify and say, what What do you mean? Why is it a problem that it's a guy? Like I've been friends with them for 10 years. I They were passing through town. I didn't, I, I, when I said I'm going to get lunch with a friend, I'm sorry you assumed it was a woman. Like I didn't think to clarify the gender of the person that I'm meeting with. And that's how you are starting to find out what the standard is, okay? Because if your partner loses their shit, When you have a lunch like meetup with a friend that you were friends with for 10 years and they lose it because they find out that that person wasn't a woman or wasn't a dude or whoever it is on the opposite side of it, like they're telling you they already have a fixed standard in their brain, which is I don't want you to go to lunch with anyone that's not a woman or a man if you're like a man in this situation. And I don't feel comfortable with it. And so now this is the part where we would accurately apply the word boundaries. The person on the receiving end of that standard, now they have an option to exercise some boundaries and say, clearly, this makes you uncomfortable and it stirs up uncomfortable feelings inside of you. However, I'm not responsible for those feelings and I am my own human being. And if I want to have lunch with a literal friend of 10 years, I am going to do that. And you have choices on your end about how you want to respond to me just living my life (laughs) autonomously according to what makes sense and resonates to me. If that makes you so uncomfortable to the point that you cannot tolerate it, then you have options about how to walk away. I think that is something that like I really kind of wanted to like bring out of this whole Jonah Hill conversation is and that's why I was kind of like asking you like does it sound like he's trying to put the burden on her rather than himself? And I think again, as you said, if we just go off what we know, which is how he said it at the end, if somebody is sincere in that wording and saying, hey, like, if that's what you need, then no hard feelings. I wish you the best. We're not just, we are not going to be able to work out. Like, that's that's a very, if this is, you know, if that's how your partner would respond to that situation, if I go, you know what, I'm sorry, that makes you uncomfortable. It's not something I'm willing to bend on. Like, I'm not just going to not be friends with a friend I've been friends with for 10 years because it makes you uncomfortable. So I guess if you can't 
come around to feeling okay with that, then that's on you and you're welcome to walk away. No hard feelings. And then they're like, yeah, you're right. I just can't work through this one and I'm never going to be okay with it. So, so what, if, what I wish you the best. Is, yeah. I think what's interesting is if you, it, okay, if I was going to leave you guys with some, some, some of these strategies, first of all, we're going to want to break down the core concepts of the standards like we were just talking about. Okay. So sexuality, how we express our sexuality, what are your expectations of sexuality, how I express myself sexually, are there limitations to that? Like, what do you want from that? All that stuff. So when we talk about like the core concepts, those are big ones. I mean, we're not going to be able to list every single one, but those are some big ones. And then I want you to sit with the idea of when you create your standards. Okay. We want, actually, here's the warning signs. If I'm going to give you a yellow flag, be very weary with people it's probably better if I role model it. So let's say if I'm on a date and I go, hey, um, I just I just wanted to clarify things. Don't be afraid to clarify the openness on the other side. Like I'm absolutely okay with, you know, if you have like really close friends that are women, I'm bisexual. I need you to know that, um, you know, I'm attracted to both genders. And, you know, I, I, I'm just articulating that like if you are – if you have any old friends from the past or you're nourishing friendships from our kickball team or from our bowling team or whatever, like I do not see any gender as a threat until there shows signs that I need to be concerned. Right. And I don't, I don't assume that people are problematic until I see signs that they're problematic. Right. So let's say that's the first date. So you're clarifying the openness of the standard. You're like, I'm okay with this. Right. I need you to have a very, very heavy weighted yellow flag for someone who goes, oh, well, you know, I don't, I don't really like vagueness. I don't know. I mean, yeah, I don't, I guess, cool. Like, thanks for telling me you don't care if I have friends that are women. Right. And then you do the prompt, you go, well, how would you feel if we were dating serious? Cause you're, they're not taking the bait. So now you go, okay, clarify folks clarify so mm-hmm. then if there's vagueness clear- there you if go there's any vagueness clear bring you know some clarity saying- get specific get direct yeah why am i saying it's a yellow flag because there are some people out here right now that are listening that are like jamie if you ask me right now i genuinely wouldn't know because i haven't asked myself those questions that's where some folks are because they right. really haven't asked themselves these deep questions so the reason why i'm giving you like a nuanced yellow flag is because Sometimes when people come at you very assertive and like clearly defined, you're taken aback because you're like, oh, I, I'm not, I'm being honest. I really do need some time to think about what my standards would be. Like, I don't have that figured out yet. So yeah, thank you for like being so clearly like articulate about that. I'm going to need probably at least a few days to try to figure out like what I would say in reply to that. Right. Okay. That's why I said the yellow flag is like a cautionary yellow flag because some people will be really unclear because they really didn't see any other past relationship do this. And you're like, oh my God, yeah, this is a, I guess it's safe enough to clearly define what I want, right? So you have to do that work versus someone who just couldn't be bothered clarifying because if they did, they're going to feel bad about clarifying, which means they don't want to tell you 
I'm going to give you hell if you go to the gym and wearing certain clothes. I'm going to give you hell if you go out with one of your friends and it happens to be the gender that you're attracted to, like all of that stuff. I'm not going to tell myself that that's a standard because it's too uncomfy to realize that that's like an insecurity of mine. So I'm just not going to define it. That's the vagueness I don't want you to see as normal because if someone goes, well, I haven't really thought about it and I really don't like care to, you're just you're you're just kicking the can down the road basically is what you're you're taking a gamble you're taking a gamble because you have no idea if that like that lack of clarity is because they don't want to be found out that they're very possessive or you are not sure if like they just need to define themselves a little more okay so this is what I would say I would say listen we want to do this work ourselves We want to define our standards ourselves. And then you guys need to be very honest with yourself, even if it makes you uncomfortable, about the things that you are actually wanting to be a standard. So if you are sitting here listening and being like, no, I think I do have to tell my partner, I don't want them to be posting this type of picture, or I don't want them friends, or I don't want them to be involved with this person, you need to say that. Because the alternative is you're waiting for them to screw up to yell at them. And they don't even realize because you never define for them. They don't even realize they're crossing a standard or crossing a line. They don't know because you didn't clarify to them. Right? Exactly. It's like now you're punishing them for a crime that they didn't realize was a crime. Because you never, you know, gave them the standard of the law ahead of time. And now here's the other thing I want to say. I'm going to say it again. This is a repeat. These conversations are not one and done. These are continual, consistent check-ins because the standards, and I want to say even, not even just like you throughout the course of a lifetime, but you throughout the progress of a relationship, these sorts of things can can go through phases. So when you're first establishing trust with a brand new relationship, you might honestly have different standards than what you would have. Like say you then literally did get into a really great relationship with this person. And then you've established so much like trust and bond and healthy, you know, foundation with them that things that used to make you feel a little bit apprehensive, no longer like, because that trust is now established, now you're like, oh, no, like, you don't have to, like, always, like, text me when you're out. Like, it's fine. Like, just, like, have fun. Like, you know, my phone's on if you need me. Like, whatever. But, like, you know, but maybe in the beginning of the relationship, you felt a little more like, hey, I just, like, can you just check in with me when you're, like, gone past the time when you told me you were going to be gone just because, like, I worry and I just want to make sure you're okay. Things like that. I think we touched on that in another episode in the past. Like, it's okay for your standards and your like level of trust and comfort with somebody to fluctuate over the course of the relationship. And so maybe that's something to talk about and clarify as well of like, Hey, in the beginning of the relationship, like if we're just like getting started, like it's kind of important to me that, you know, you're not like talking really like, like closely with like other people that you met on like dating apps and stuff like that. Like, I'm well, a, you know, I understand like conversation. Like, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. What does exclusivity mean to you? And, you know, say like, I'm not saying no, like you can never have friends that are like women or men or whatever gender you're attracted to. I'm just saying that like, I don't know, like I, would it be okay if like for the beginning of our relationship, like we kind of like 
hammer down like a little bit more like exclusivity until we felt like a little bit more comfortable with the show. Whatever it is. Here's the thing. I'm not sitting here saying what I think is good, correct, or like, you know, allowable regarding what standards are. I, I don't, I could care less. I, I whatever pe- various different people are comfortable with, that's the whole thing. I'm not on a moral high horse or a high ground of any kind. I think what works for some people doesn't work for other people. And that's all we're talking about is just actually getting honest about what works for you, what doesn't work for you. So that way your partner can actually make an informed decision about whether or not this is going to work. And so that's kind of like why we're not sitting here like demonizing Jonah Hill because it's not even about what his quote unquote standards are. Like, sure, let's rip it apart and and talk about how ridiculous it all is. That's like beside the point. It isn't even the point of what there is to learn out of this situation. What there is to learn is, hey, these are his standards. You don't have to agree with them. And that's the whole point. So if I was a potential dating partner of his and he goes, these are my standards, I'd be like, cool, not going to work. Bye. Like, Done and done. And that's kind of what we're talking about. Right. And people are like, what does this look like in real life? And I want to explain something because I don't know if folks, I mean, yeah, we probably have a huge demographic of people that are still on the dating sites and like, you know, like looking for their partner or whatever, whatever. Um, And CA and me have laughed about this because I've absolutely instructed people. I go, do not be vague on your profile. Stop talking about food. Stop talking about animals. Yes, probably animals because of allergies and stuff. But like, yes, please disclose if you have an animal for those people who have allergies. But like, what I want you guys to think about what you just when people go, well, what do I write on my profile? I go, who you are defined to be? Who are you defined to be? If you know you work 65 to 70 hour work weeks, tell literally put that on your profile, say married to my job, be honest. You're looking to just have a fuck buddy. Say that. I'm looking for something super casual and not serious. Say that you're at work 70 hours a week. Say that you are very politically leaning one way or the other. If you are passionate about anything, put it on your profile. And that's where we run into trouble. Well, if I put that like, I don't like cats, then, you know, I'm going to like, you know, people are going to be like, why are you not like cats? I like, I'm an amazing guy and I have a cat or I'm an amazing woman with like, whatever. I'm an amazing person with a cat. And it's like, you put that down for a reason. Move on. Don't entertain and justify. You don't want to date someone with a cat. And guess what? It's okay. And this is where I've actually realized there's a lot of gender discrepancy here. So I'm probably going to step on toes. But what's so funny is men get very upset when women have actual, like, physical standards. Non-negotiables. Yeah, yeah. So Mm -hmm. if someone goes, I will never date a guy that's taller than me and I'm 5'7". The guy either has to be my height or shorter than me. And I'm going to flip the narrative because people are like, that's the opposite. (laughs) Let's flip the narrative. Let's say I'm a woman. I'm 5'7". I either want my partner 5'7 or shorter than me. Yes. Does it sound convoluted? Does it sound like it's devoid of rationale? Sure, it might. But guess what? They've actually realized that every time they date a man that's taller than them, they get, I don't know, there's something about it. So they said, you know what? 
I'm just going to say on my profile, I'm 5'7". I can't date people who are taller than 5'7". And when I tell you, when you have the audacity to clarify your standard, you are going to need to buckle down and realize you're going to get flooded with you're a bitch, you're problematic, why are you like this, blah, blah, blah. And you're going to get heat for it. You're going to get heat for it, for defining what's real about you. So for example, if I can't handle facial hair, don't you think it's fair if I'm dating a man to say, literally before we get serious, to say, I have dated too many men with facial hair and I can't handle it. Sensory-wise, I get overstimulated. I don't want to kiss you when you have facial hair. I don't want to be intimate with you when you have facial hair. So I realize, and you don't have to put this on your profile, but you can say, uh, you know, like facial hair. I don't, I don't even know how you would define this other than like facial hair free is like attractive to me or something. I don't know. That's a t-shirt. Facial hair free is attractive. <laughs> it's attractive to me. Okay. Sorry. I'm weird and punchy right now. Okay. So basically... Oh Yeah, that sounds weird and stupid, but guess what? If you know you're going to be angry at your partner every time they don't shave their mustache or every time there's a five o'clock shadow, maybe dating someone that has a five o'clock shadow after shaving at eight eight o'clock in the morning Hmm, isn't the best fit because you're going to be angry at his facial hair. How is that fair to him? He's literally just existing with facial hair. And he goes, I'm just existing. I don't know what you want me to do. Why are you angry? Go shave. I'm not kissing you until you shave. You have to come home from work and shave then. Because I'm not going to kiss you. Okay. I'm playing this out for a reason. Because when people actually are honest with themselves, yes, you're risking the world thinking you're a shitty person. Because guess what? Someone could screenshot your profile and be like, look at this bitch. She says she wants someone shorter than her. She says she doesn't want someone with facial hair. Like, oh, okay. What do you want? Some magic person that comes out of the... And I go, listen, you will find someone your height or shorter than you. And you will find someone that doesn't ever keep facial hair. They are diligent about keeping their hair fully shaved on their face. Guess what? That's compatibility, folks. And so... When we talk about the Jonah Hill text, let me just, because I want to bring it in to close. When we are talking about these Jonah Hill texts, I need you to understand something. I do not agree with the text. There are millions of humans with these same standards. Who would agree? That not only agree with him, but there are people, women, that will also look at those and go, Those are my standards for myself. I would never choose to model. I would never post pictures of myself in a bathing suit. I would never have friendships that were with men. And they already have those standards outside of themselves. When the the actual thing I would say with a caveat here as a therapist, what I would say, he's trying to find that person that does have that standard for themselves. And I would be a little concerned. I know that this is like, you know, me just putting in my two cents, but I would be concerned that the woman who thinks they aren't allowed to have friendships with people that are not 
women that it's a woman, right? Like they think it's dangerous to be friends with men. And I go, who taught you that? Right? Like who told you it was dangerous to have friends? Like, and then many times, what do they say? They, the partner that is very problematic says, I trust you. I just don't trust other men. Hmm. Okay. Well, then that's the reality of the situation. Like they're telling you. So if we're talking about really like the root of these standards, someone out there sees Jonah's standards as reasonable. Yet, because I wrote a book on toxic relationships, these standards, and I will say this on record, these standards are a recipe for power and control and coercion and manipulation because the reason, even if Jonah does not want to be manipulative, okay, that's why I can't say this for, for like, sure. Like, obviously we don't know the whole story, but something like, let me read one of the really problematic ones. Boundaryless inappropriate friendships with men. We already talked about, I can get on board with relationships need boundaries. When you have boundaryless inappropriate friendships with men, and then you have friendships with women who are in unstable places and so on and so forth. Okay. When something like a standard like that is left vague, you're asking yourself to be imprisoned. Why? Because anything can be deemed inappropriate. They can just, yeah, they can just change the goalpost willy-nilly. They can change the goalpost. At any point And they can literally make any friend that you have that's going through something. So let's say you're like, oh, Cindy called me. She just, her and her boyfriend broke up. For some reason, he doesn't like Cindy. He's waiting for it to be looking unstable. And so then he can, and I'm not saying Jonah's doing this. I'm saying the person that would have standards like this could easily leave that vagueness for a reason because they can say, I don't want you dressing quote unquote like that. Okay, well, what's like that? This is why we need defining. Are you talking about any type of clothing that defines my legs? Are you talking about leggings in general? All leggings? Are you talking about all leggings? Well, I don't, when you put it like that, it sounds like I'm trying to control you because you fucking are actually because you are right. So like when they say, I don't want you dressing like that. And then you ask for clarification, please define what that is. Anything that like hugs your body. Okay. So a body con dress when I go on a date, is that okay? Well, yeah, that's okay because you're with me. Hmm. Okay. So this is what I mean by like, I do need to leave you guys with this because The one thing I will say about this text message is there are women out there that are going to see that as reasonable and it's a recipe for power and control issues. It is. It's a recipe for power and control for you to lose your autonomy because what I read is I'm not comfortable with you making your own decisions because I don't trust that you're going to make decisions that align with my vision of who I want you to be. So when you aren't aligning yourself with the vision of who I want you to be, you're losing your autonomy and you're going to hand it over to me. And so that's what I would say is the biggest point that comes out of this message. That is really what it comes down to. That was like the really overarching theme that comes out of this conversation. 
taking gender out of it completely because of course like women are also capable yeah, of creating do this to men, 100%. really unreasonable standards for the men that they're dating or men with men women with, it doesn't matter the gender is pointless what it comes down to is these standards like if you if you have this standard conversation with a potential dating partner and they come at you with their list of standards like and a lot of it has to do with really like circumstantial aspects of your autonomy and like your life, then here's what I really do want to point out is like, so say that, say they do that and you go, okay. And this list of standards is stuff that right now in this day that you're sitting across from this person having lunch with, you already hold yourself to those standards and you're like, yeah, that's fine. Like I, that's how I live my life anyway. So whatever, that's cool. And so then you go on to like agree to continue like making the relationship more serious. Have you left the door open? Has either party left the door open for the very real, real reality that, as I said earlier, you are not a static human being that will never grow and change as a person. You will change, you will grow, you will fluctuate, so will they. And is there any doors open for what might come of your personal growth? Because say today, having lunch with this person, I go, oh yeah, like I don't post pictures of myself in a swimsuit online, so that's fine. Like I'm willing to accept that standard. It's not even about, this is what I was saying earlier, it's not about the like nitty gritty, like what the standard is. It's the fact that you are allowing another human being to define for you how you are allowed to live and show up in this world. And you're saying, I'm okay giving you these keys. You have the keys to how I live my life. And even if today you agree with how they drive that car, if you if it's the keys to your car and the car is your life, even if you like the way they drive it today, you can't guarantee that tomorrow. What if tomorrow you're like, you know what? I don't like the way this car is driving right now. And they're like, well, you gave me the keys. You agreed. I told you in, in advance that this is who I was and you said that that was okay. And that is... That's all we're saying is like, don't give people the keys to your own house or car physically or metaphysically or whatever the word is that I'm metaphorically speaking, like whatever it is, like don't give somebody else the power to control aspects of your own autonomy. Even if today these things are circumstantially aligned, you cannot guarantee that that's going to remain that way for the rest of your life. So just keep those keys in your own pocket. And you can say, yeah, I mean, like, that's how that that seems like that's fine. Like, I don't really post pictures, but I just need you to know that, like, I don't know that I can guarantee that. Yeah, I can't guarantee that that's how it is forever. And like, I don't think it's a problem for women to post themselves in swimsuits. Like, I don't do it personally, because like, I don't know, I just have like body insecurity issues or whatever. So like, but like a lot of my friends do. And like, I don't see that as problematic, like whatever, you know, like, I don't know. Right. But I don't can know. Can I point something out? If you were on, let's say that actual phrase just came out of your mouth. Let me like, let's just, I'm going to be in the room with you. Okay. I'm on the date with you. If I'm the person receiving that information and I go, okay, but didn't you just say you don't do it? Like you don't 
post pictures and you're like, yeah, like that is true. Like I don't do that. And then you just clarified probably like, you know, you might even laugh it off during the date. Like it's probably because I'm super insecure about my body actually. Weirdly, what I think is so unnerving is their response to that would be, well, as long as you don't post it, then I'm good. So what they're really saying is, as long as you stay very insecure about your body, I'm okay with us agreeing on this standard. But in because this is what I talk about, guys, this is getting to the nitty gritty stuff that we talk about yeah. sometimes on the podcast, mm-hmm. where I go, at the heart of your heart of the relationships, you need to be honored and celebrated. You do not need to be tolerated. You do not need to be squandered. You do not need to be dampened. So if someone goes, well, that works for me. Your insecurity actually works for me, (laughs) right? If I looked at you and I'm the healthy person in this scenario and I go, let's take out that I, let's, if I'm healthy, so I didn't put that standard, but you said that casually, right? I said, I don't know, have you ever posted something spicy online? Like I'm the date, right? And you go, oh, you would never have to worry about that because I'm pretty insecure about my body. Someone who genuinely honors, cherishes, and loves you would say, I hope one day that would be different. I hope there's a different story. Whether or not you post anything, I just hope one day that that story would be different for you. Because I would I would love to see you radiating in your power and your energy. Listen to the difference. Because I'm not asking her to post a spicy picture. I'm not asking her to post a sexual picture. But what I am saying is I care about her enough to not have to stay in that mindset. Right? And so if you have a date that goes, oh, your insecurities work for me. I go, get the hell out. Literally get out. I'm being serious. Like if someone goes, oh, well, I don't like women that eat a lot. Well, I have an eating disorder. So that's going to work. So because I don't eat a lot when I'm out. Oh, well, that kind of works for me, actually. No, no, that is not, we do not want to start relationships because what CA just said is a lot of the times people agree it's because we're talking from a place of woundedness or indoctrination. And I'm not going to, I'm not going to even like filter. That is true. When we talk about why we're okay with being oppressed, it's from our own indoctrination or our own wounds. Okay. So if someone looks at you and says, I would like to control every aspect of how long your hair is, how you express um, yourself with your clothes, who you talk to, where you go, what, what hobbies you're going to have, what, and you say, I'm okay with that. Immediately as a therapist, I think someone indoctrinated you, or you have a very wounded sense of self from trauma. Because if someone said that in a place of your own healing, And they go, oh, I'm totally okay with your wound. Like staying there because I benefit from it. The healing voice will say, this isn't a safe person for me then. Because they're celebrating my wound. They're actually benefiting from my trauma. They're benefiting from my disability or disorder or whatever it is. We do not want partners, friends, parents in our lives that are genuinely like that works for me because what we want is we want someone to look at us and say I honor your autonomy going back to the standard thing I honor your autonomy and let me explain something to you I've done a lot of self-work 
I've been able to articulate where my standards are and where my limitations are. Some of these things are going to probably rub right up against the way you express yourself. And the last thing I want to do is enter a relationship where you feel like you're being controlled and manipulated. So if any of these standards feel as though I'm controlling or manipulating you, then we should not continue. Because if you enter a relationship where you agree to the standards that they previously set, but in the back of your mind, you think, well, it's, it's going to feel controlling eventually. You cannot enter deeper into that relationship, which is where I would say, okay, when we're creating standards, I want you to keep this, this question centralized. How much of this standard is encroaching on that person's personal autonomy? How much of this standard is encroaching on this person's personal autonomy. Yes. And, and that means in the here and now and extrapolated into the future, because again, even if things align right now, circumstantially, you cannot guarantee that between the two of you having literal individual lives and growth paths on this planet, you can't guarantee that the circumstances are always going to stay the same. So it comes down to like, as that person continues to evolve in that area of their life autonomously, does your standard allow space for autonomous growth in that area? Or are you saying, I am only willing to tolerate a relationship with this person as long as that particular topic never grows or changes or fluctuates in any way. Right. I'm glad we I'm glad we align on it today and it will always have to be aligned because I will never be comfortable with growth in that area. It has to stay like this forever. And so this is what is this is what's really tricky. Okay. Here's here's what I really this is what's a nuanced aspect to this is because especially if you're coming from a place that is wounded or indoctrinated you probably don't know it. That's 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 a pro- like that's the truth of it, and that's what's oh, hard sure. about this sort of Did thing. We like know? We when I know. that's what I'm saying. Like when I was like making decisions from places that were very indoctrinated and very wounded. Did I know that I was indoctrinated and wounded? Obviously not, right? And so I probably made a lot of these weird standards or agreed to standards or things, and I am no longer that person today. And my partner is no longer that person today. Again, like you and I have been married, you know, for to our partners for a very long time and clearly gone through extreme amounts of growth in that amount of time. And we're still with those same partners. And like, how have our partnerships managed to survive and evolve that? And I've been, as we've been having this conversation, I've been like the back of my, in the head, some wheels have been turning, trying to like figure that out. Cause I remember having conversations early on with my partner about these sorts of things, standards and expectations and things like that. And at the time we were super circumstantially aligned because we were both sort of indoctrinated in the same way. And the way that our various wounds like matched up just happened to like, it, it's, it's a whole thing. Right. And so like, that compatibility was like absolutely there. And it was like, oh yeah, no, like I feel that way too. And I feel that way too. And that's appropriate. That's not, in, that's not, that's inappropriate. You know, all of those circumstantial things were aligned and then life started happening. Growth started happening for both of us in various different ways. And how did 
our relationship managed to survive those changes when we are now circumstantially so different than who we were, what were the green flags? I'm like, what, what were the green flags that were like always there that like allowed growth in our relationship? Sure. I love and, this. And it comes down to from the beginning of our relationship, even though we had these conversations about, oh yeah, these standards and we were quote unquote, you know, aligned with these circumstances, take those things out, look at other aspects of the relationship and was autonomy respected in a wide variety of other circumstances that were misaligned. And that was the green flag, right? So even though we were aligned on blank, 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 and blank, you know, there's music that I like that he doesn't like and vice versa. And we were always like, that's totally love that for you, right? Like, I'm not going to make you stop listening to your music. I'm not going to force you to listen to mine. You know, that was like super respected. Silly uh, other things, right? And, and I, I use the word silly, but in some relationships, even this sort of stuff can get controlled, right? Of like me liking a certain food and him not liking it. And like, it's totally fine for you to order fish. I wouldn't touch yes. fish with a 10 foot pole, but like, dude, go off, like have your fish, like whatever. But like some relationships are like, you can't eat fish. And it's like, why? Because you don't like it. Like, right. you know what I mean? The, lang- so- the, the language, let me say something. And then I want you to continue. The language yep. we use here is huge because if CA just used the word, well, Rocky, al- her husband's name is Rocky. Rocky allows me to listen to this music. And then Rocky uses that language. Uh, Oh, yeah. I mean, we don't listen to the same music at all. But I allow her to just listen to whatever she wants. Okay. We're not using that language. Exactly. Even in a discrepancy where you don't match the same, like, like passion that you guys have on something isn't matching the music passion. There's two different genres that you guys are passionate about. Okay. But could you imagine if the way you framed it in your brain was, oh, yeah, we don't agree with it, but I allow them to be autonomous. Mm -hmm. No, no. That's what C is talking about with the keys. Exactly. Exactly. Nobody, nobody, you already own the car. Nobody's allowing you to drive it. You are the one who tells yourself, do I drive the car or not drive the car? It's not oh yeah, we don't agree on that, but I allow her to take the front seat and drive. No, you own the car, right? So that's why that's very confusing because when we use that language, it actually does have a lot of power. So if you find yourself saying something like that, and by the way, these phrases have come out of my mouth. I'm like, oh my God, I just used the word allow. That's so gross, right? But I'll say it because it's back in the back of my head and I'll be like, oh yeah, that's how it was framed for me when I was younger. So I let that stuff slip sometimes. So I wanted you to go back to that, but the language that you were just talking about with Rocky, like so powerful. Yeah, exactly. So it's like, those were some of the green flags, right? Of like in the areas that, you know, we didn't always align from the beginning, there was always a standard of mutual autonomy, autonomous living. Like there was never, it didn't occur to either of us to try to control the other person's like perspectives on those things. Like, 
like we are both like willing to like listen to the other person like talk about that passion like oh man like you really love fish like why why is it like what what about it is so like great for you and I'm gonna be like oh my gosh let me tell you why the omega-3s and blah 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 and I like go on and it's literally just because like I love talking about it and they're like that's I love that for you. I Can love I that you love it so much, right? And they're like, I, I still don't you, want it. Yeah. But see, because I love you, I want to hear what makes you happy. Think exactly. about it. So if I don't agree about fish, I'm like, no, that's not for me. But then you're going, no, but Jamie, like, I just, I need to tell you about this meal. Like, I went to this restaurant and then you walk me in. But if I literally gave zero shit about your interests, I'd say, I don't fucking care. Stop talking. Right. Right. You know, exactly. I don't like fish. Stop telling me anything about it. Right. But if I looked at you and I go, I genuinely love when I see the light in your eyes, like just burst up. Like when you start talking about how amazing your food is, like, I want to hear yeah. about the dish. Tell me, tell me what it was like. And then you're like, and then the chef came out and he was like, oh, I use this seasoning and now we can make it at home, Jamie. And I'm like, dude, that's so awesome. Why? Because I don't have to agree with your fish. Exactly love to actually celebrate you. Right. And in the reverse, like me celebrating my love for fish is not me trying to force you to love it. Right. Like I'm not going to be like, okay, but you have to listen to this because at the end I'm going to make you taste it and (laughs) you're going to thank me for it. Right. And then they're like, no, like you can tell me all about it. I'm still not going to take a bite of it. Yeah. And so, and then I go, oh, you're right. Like, I, I know you don't love it. You absolutely do not have to eat it, but I still have to describe it to you because it was so enjoyable for me. Like you got to hear this story or whatever, you know? And so it's like those green flags were always there for us. And then regarding the conversations that we would have on certain like values and thought processes that were quote unquote, you know, like they were circumstantially aligned. um, But a lot of that stuff came through to both of us through like, you know, trauma and indoctrination. I was thinking back to like how those conversations like, happened for us. And even that stuff was very much, you know, a topic would come up and it'd be like, what do you think about this? Like, where are you at on this? Like, what do you know about this? Or like, what do you think about it? And then like, just listening to that other person sort of like share their personal perspective of their journey about that topic, where they're at with it, what the, how they like see themselves, you know, engaging with it moving forward. And then like the other person would be like, yeah, like, it's kind of similar for me, like, here's where I am. And then like, we would just sort of like share. And like, we found again, at the time that we were circumstantially pretty aligned with that stuff and be like, oh, yeah, like, that's really cool that we see eye to eye on that. And I realized, like, even the way that those conversations were structured still had respect for the other person's perspective. It wasn't like, here is like, the this is absolutely the way that things are and ought to be. And we have to align on it or else, right? It just like, happened to happen that we did align on those things. But as we had those conversations, it wasn't about control. It was about, I'm curious what you think about this. And then, wow, hey, would you look at that? We all, we agree on that. And so that's why I realized like, that's kind of like how all of our conversations have gone, which is why when we would find a topic we didn't agree on, it was fine. Because the way we approached conversation about things was never about controlling the other person and like forcing them to conform to our perspective. We bonded over the things that we did share perspective on. And then we respected the things that we didn't share perspective on and just like 
not just respected or tolerated, but like honored. Like that is amazing that you love fish. I don't, but I can see that it like is so awesome in your life. And I love that for you. You know, like there's a big difference there. There's a huge, I would say when we talk about red flags, there is a huge difference there about like the dialogue being celebrated versus tolerated. Okay. And sometimes it's not tolerated. Sometimes it's shut down. So we're talking about another green flag that's staring at our face is everything that CA just said. She was saying, and then we had a conversation about it. And then we had a conversation about it. And then we had a, guys, listen. That's true. If you can't (laughs) converse or dialogue, I don't mean you're throwing stuff because you disagree on the music taste. I mean, can you actually dialogue about the differences? And this is where I'm going to give you the red, I'm going to use the red, yellow, you know, red, yellow, green thing. Okay. Red flags are, I can have a converse or sorry, not red flags. I'm screwing up. Green flags are, we can have a conversation about this. I need you to start getting real with yourself though, about why you would need caution or yellow flagness with some of this is because, and me and CA have been talking about this individually, like off air for a long time, which is, can the differences that I'm talking to you about, oh my God, this is so hard. So let's say CA and me, had a friendship standard and it's changing and we're dialoguing about it and it's safe, right? That's green flag, good territory, right? I need you to be honest with yourself because when it starts feeling as though when that person's sharing their real, true, authentic expression about a topic, let's say it's political, let's say it's something that like has to do with a very visceral, passionate thing that you believe in and they're trying to explain to you calmly and you're calm about their the thing that's different about their viewpoint. If you find yourself feeling urgent, like you have to control them, you have to change their mind, or you're feeling like I can't actually with integrity celebrate that opinion. That, that's something you might need to be real about. Okay. Because I think it's a little bit easier when we talk about this in friendships, because partnerships are just like so heavy and like, it's like, oh my God, if I disagree with them on something like that might mean the end of my marriage or the end of like, whatever. But like, think about a friendship. Like if CAs, let's say we disagree on pineapple about pizza. Uh, on pizza okay I need to go like less heavy for now yeah yeah so CA is what are you pro or against I don't know I'm pro baby I love pineapple on pizza and that is freaking true but you gotta have bacon on there too that's whatever okay so (laughs) (laughs) CA is pineapple on pizza we're starting a dialogue and I go oh I didn't know that about you and you're like wait oh my god yeah like yeah that's like we would clearly disagree because I knew, I, I think I caught wind that you didn't like it, but, and I'm like, oh, well share, share me, share with me some points. I'm curious. Right. So green flag on opening up the dialogue and I didn't attack her. I'm just like, oh, interesting. Can you share some points so I can learn about what led you to that like <laughs> favorite type of pizza? So you start your talking points. This is why it's easier when I talk about something heavy. 
But if your talking points directly counter my view on like human rights and stuff and like my core values, I'm not going to be able to be celebrating that opinion. Okay. Right. This is the way so, it gets hard. Mm-hmm. You have to get very honest with yourself when this happens in your intimate partnership. So let's go not pineapple on pizza. Let's talk about religion. Okay. You got married. You're the same religion as your partner. And guess what? Someone's going through something and they open and honestly go to their partner and say, I need to be real. I'm not going to join you at service this week. Um, I'm going through a lot of questions inside of myself and I'm realizing that there are some things that I don't agree with and I I can't honestly bring myself to service with you. But the conversation is open. So the partner goes, okay, let's talk about it. And you're listening to your partner talk and you're hearing them, their talking points are countering your personal integrity or your personal opinion on human rights or self-expression or personal autonomy or gender roles or whatever it is. Okay. When that kind of conversation happens and you're like, I can't celebrate my partner's opinion anymore. And I don't want to force him or her to be a different religion. Can we be honest about that? What does that mean? Because if you're, if I'm talking this person through, like as a client and I go, okay, what does it mean? I'm not going to control him. I'm not going to give him an ultimatum. I'm not going to say you either stop being religious or I leave you. I can't do that. So if we're not going to do an ultimatum, which I wouldn't suggest, (laughs) opening the dialogue and being like, the talking points that you just said at the heart of those talking points don't respect me <laughs> as a person. This is where you are in a green flag territory because you're dialoguing, but it's go, I shouldn't even use red flag, green flags. You're in a green flag like territory because you're talking about it. And the hesitancy that I would say would be reasonable to have is when you go, I'm at a place where I can't celebrate his opinion. I'm actually getting angry that he has that opinion. I'm frustrated being a part of a partnership that this person possesses that opinion about people. And I can't actually listen to it. Well, this is the meat and potatoes nitty gritty then. Because when we're talking about standards, clearly the standard is changing. And you're able to dialogue about it. But the reality is you can either pretend you're someone in this marriage or this partnership, or you can be real with yourself and say every part of that self-expression that they do in there, it's, it literally hurts me. It hurts to know that I'm partnered with someone who doesn't respect me as a gender or as a self-expression, like maybe you're finding out you're queer and they hate queer people. Okay. Yeah. That is real. And this is where standards can lead to deepening or division. It can divide. 
And the when it can divide, so this is why we're trying to walk through all of the talking points. When it divides, there's so much pain and grief because you're realizing the person that you're partnered with is no longer compatible with you anymore. And that's the reality of some of this work. So guess what? Of course, I'm going to have clients that go, wait, I don't want to do standard work. I don't want to work at my standards. What you just said is I have to revisit it all the time. I have to dialogue with it about my partner. I have to hard work. Yeah, I have to define myself. You have to define yourself. And then if we find start a conversation, maybe we'll end up broken up. I'd rather not. And I go, yes, but I said this in the beginning and we can finish with this. If you don't do this work, the work is going to expose itself. If you don't yeah. do this work, it's going to happen. Gonna it's going to happen one way or the other. And it's a matter of how proactive do you want to be sure. in that process? Because it can, happen, be? it can happen reactively or it can happen proactively. Either way, it's going to happen. This stuff is going to come out. And um, yeah, so I guess at the end of the day, at the end of the to wrap up, it really we talked about a lot of things over the course is one of our longer episodes. And thank you for like hanging in with us because it is incredibly nuanced. It's not a static thing. There is only shades of gray here. There really just isn't a whole lot of black and white to, to be had. Like this is one of those things that is incredibly nuanced and takes, takes, a million different conversations over the course of your lifetime. And that's, yeah, it is. Like when you hear that, you're like, great, I'm just like signing myself up for work. Well, welcome to being a human being, unfortunately. That's just part of the experience, y'all. We're just here to kind of help give you some tools on how to navigate the reality of these conversations in a way that is healthy and successful and illuminating and expansive for both your own personal growth and potentially, um, you know, the growth of your relationships. And I know we talked mainly about partnerships in this episode. I think that work is incredibly important, but I also think a lot of these things do apply in a variety of different types of relationships that you have in your life. So hopefully we had some nuggets in here that are useful. Yes, and we appreciate you listening. We'll see you next time. Thank you so much, y'all, for tuning in. If anything we said resonated, please subscribe and leave a review anywhere you listen to podcasts. This absolutely helps us grow, and we really do value your voice on this podcast. So if you have anything you'd like to contribute, any tips, any topics, or if you just want to say hi, you can email us at unlearned at recollectedself.com. You can find us on Instagram at the unlearned podcast or our individual Instagrams at recollected self and CAs is at embracing divergence. You can also find us over on TikTok under those handles. If you want to join our Patreon for $5 a month, you can be our coffee fiend club member. And that's going to give you access to our podcast within a podcast, which is called unhinged. This is basically where we let loose completely unedited. We are literally just shooting the breeze, having fun. You can see our full personalities and it is a blast. Honestly, it's pretty fun. So if you want to join us, you can find that at patreon.com slash unlearned. And that's it. The last thing I want to tell you is I want you to be brave enough to fight for the person you want to become. 
And this is how we do the work.